Walking the Wing by Sophia Hatfield. Screws here are lazy. Fucking lazy. I'm in this cell 22 hours every day, sometimes longer over the weekend. They pretend they have to keep us banged up to keep us safe. But they didn't care about keeping us safe before all this, did they? And they're still drugs in after cells. The screws target users. They know full well who's dealing to them, but it's easier to leave the dealers alone, isn't it? Like, the guys with canteen hold up in their cells. They know full well they haven't bought it themselves, but they can't be asked to sort it out. Sometimes they spin a cell, nick them, but three weeks later, they're back on the wing like nothing's happened. It happens all the fucking time. It pisses me off. They're there, back on the survey or whatever, nicking extra grub for their pals. I can't even get a job on canteen or cleaning or anything. They don't want to do anything to actually help, do they? It's too hard, isn't it? Like, think for one minute, yeah? Just think about what they spend on keeping us locked up in here or bringing people back on legal. If they spent the money on courses, on putting everyone into jobs, not just their favourites, like, make sure everyone gets help. That's what they should do. Oh, for fuck's sake. Fuck off, won't ya? Did you hear that? I mean, it's like that all the fucking time. There's all these guys in here, junkies and that, getting no help. And I just think, how are you gonna cope on the outside? Then they do half and get out on license. And I'm thinking, I bet I'll fucking see you again. Then, three weeks later, there they are. And the staff don't give a fuck. With COVID, they've got the perfect excuse, haven't they? They can think what they want about me, but at the end of the day, they go home, don't they? They see their families, they do whatever they want to do. But compared that to us, banged up 22 hours. Oh, for fuck's sake. Piss off, I'm busy. I mean, fucking listen to that, eh? It's like hell in here. Nothing here ever fucking changes. Gov! Gov! What is it, Sim? My DVDs, what's going on with my DVDs? You just have to wait for it to be processed. Stop asking me all the time you see me. Oh, you said that last week. I put an app in months ago. Come on, you said you was going to sort it for me. We're really busy and on the start. I need my DVDs. Just remind me after lunch. Fucking lazy, the lot of yous. Nothing ever changes. Did you hear that? Nothing ever changes. I've worked here five years and I've dealt with pretty much anything you can think of. I've been hit, kicked at, spat at, potted. And it's not like the pay's any good. My friends are genuinely shocked when I tell them what I get paid in. Yeah, before this COVID, they used to have everyone out the cells half the day. 
For what? For what reason? Too many bodies on the wing, just out, hanging about, associating with no purpose. And then they come in and inspect it, tell us it's not up to standard. And I'm thinking, but what about me? It's not on, is it? We're expected to keep coming into that every day and to just deal with it. But not once, not once, has anyone from head office asked me what I think needs to change. I mean, okay, some of these guys want to be rehabilitated, fair enough. But I can tell you now, a lot of them don't. And any chance they'll get, they'll cause trouble. There's absolutely nothing you could do to make any of them behave differently. But at least with COVID, they're locked up properly behind the doors where they can't cause any harm. Now the cleaning team, they can actually get out and clean. This place is much better. And I know some of the lads want to be out associated, but we're all having to make sacrifices, aren't we? To be honest, jail's got way too easy. Way, way, way too easy. Prisoners could get away with so much more before. Really bad stuff. Assaults on officers, assaults on each other, selling drugs. But with everyone behind the doors and no visits, we've had a lot less trouble. It's simple as. And yeah, some have struggled, but we do what we can to help. I mean, we're still coming in and putting ourselves at risk, aren't we? At the start, we were desperately in need of PPE and all this talk of key workers. Well, aren't us prison staff key workers? All that clapping for curers, but you never hear anything about prison officers, do you? And to be honest, I do think it's better this way. We've regained control. Of course, you're always going to have some thinking it's not fair. It's not fair. I can't see my mum anymore for visits and stuff. I have to phone her. They have these purple visits now, but my mum can't do those. So I just phone my mum and speak to her in the mornings because I'm getting the extra credit. But I have to stay in here when I'm not working in my job because of COVID. My mum can't go out because of COVID because she's got problems with her health, you see. So it's hard for her too, not seeing anyone. I just watch TV, but I don't really see the other prisoners very much now. I don't know if it's better, it's just different. It's quieter and sometimes it feels a bit calmer. Well, it's not calm now, but it's not really fair because I haven't got my court date yet and I don't know when that'll be because it keeps changing. I asked the staff, but they couldn't tell me. My mum doesn't know either. I even asked my brief, but she doesn't know because there are loads of people waiting to go to court, but when I get my court date, then I'll know where I'm going to be. I do find it hard, you know, not knowing, but I like some of the staff in here. They've helped me find writing projects and, you know, keep me reading. But I can't do the proper courses because I don't know how long I'm going to be here. So I like doing my writing and Charlie started me on creative writing. I want to do things, you know, keep myself busy. Busy? That's the word of the day, busy. I love my job and I love working with the guys here and seeing them develop. Obviously, COVID's meant we've had to make a lot of changes to their routine. 
some of the lads have found it hard to cope, you know. I mean, face-to-face -face visits completely stopped for a long time. Purple visits have been okay. It's not a lot, but they can request half an hour on video call. And I've tried to encourage them. I'll say, why don't you tell your kids a story? Or why don't you get them to draw you a picture? You know? But you just feel awful about it because it's not enough really, is it? Seeing them on a screen? And I don't feel good about the length of time that some lads are in their cells. But on the flip side, there's guys here that normally wouldn't engage in anything. And now they've done all sorts. You name it, art projects, questionnaires, sculptures. At one point, they brought out these things called distraction packs. I mean, you've got to laugh, haven't you? Distraction packs. And actually, they were quite good at first because we were stuck for things to do. But the lads gave me so much stick when I came around talking about distraction packs to keep them occupied in their cells. Oh my God, we had some issues with the canteen. Okay, so have you ever done like a Tesco shop where you order a roast chicken and they substitute it for something stupid like chicken crisps? Well, I don't know if it's staffing or supply shortages, but we've had some funny substitutions from the canteen. One week, a few of the lads ordered peanuts and they all got drilled bird seed instead. That kind of thing could cause someone to kick off normally, but actually with COVID, we've managed to see the funny side of it. But what's been really good is the instances where I've seen prisoners helping each other, offering words of wisdom, or recommending books that they've read, or music to cheer them up. All I can really do is remind them about the long-term goal, to get themselves in a good place for when they're released. We're reminding them that there is a world out there. There is still a place for them on the outside. Outside. I wish I could spend more time outside. When I imagine prison, I imagine big yards that you see in movies. Then when I got here, I was like, excuse me, where's the basketball court? I've been there since just before the pandemic, so I never knew what it was like in prison before. It's been a learning curve for me. There's so much stuff that was just really strange. Like, they have all these words for things. For the first few weeks, everyone kept talking about a soch. And my ped mate was saying like, oh, they'll let us out for a soch soon. And I was like, what is a soch? And then I learned it was association. Or like, I wanted to get my prayer mat in my cell. And the officers were like, you need to put an app in. So I'm just like, what do you mean put an app in? Put an app in what? It took me ages to realize they meant put an application in. I didn't know when I was meant to have a shower or how to get stuff from canteen. And then there's this whole thing with shower gel. Like there's guys that line up bottles of it in their cells. Shower gel, mouthwash, links. Like they're running a fucking boots or something. I think they're nicking it. But coming in, I was just like, this is crazy. But you get used to it. And I was lucky because I had a padmate from the start. He was a good guy. He helped me learn it all. And you know, I'm a positive person. It's been hard, don't get me wrong. It's not easy being banged up like this. But in Islam, we have the five daily prayers, rakats, and I observe these. I think it's one of the things that has kept me grounded. There's a structure to Islam. It's about personal discipline, 
and strengthening your relationship with Allah, alhamdulillah, and understanding that he has a plan for you. And to be honest, the halal food in there also looks a lot better than some of the stuff they serve up to the other guys. So that's a plus. As petty as it sounds, there's not much to look forward to in here. I think better food would make a difference. Like, we're still people, aren't we? We still need to be nourished. We still need something to look forward to. I'm from a big family, you know, a proper close-knit family. It's all about the food. If you turn up to my mum's house, you will get fed. It doesn't matter who you are. And in my culture and my religion, it's important. Like, I observe Ramadan for myself. And the worst thing is, I was away from home for Eid. I don't have a clue what's going on outside. A lot of my friends and families are frontline key workers, you know. I think about them a lot. Will they be alright? Will they get COVID? I think about home. The people at home I can't see. I've been talking to my wife when I can, you know. But she's got the kids and the homeschooling stuff and that. She's got to work. So she doesn't always have the time to talk, you know. Both our families are back in Nigeria at the moment, so she doesn't have help. I worry that if she can't pay all the bills or if something happens to her, all the kids. She gets upset sometimes because I'm in here and I don't understand what it is like for her. I just, I feel very angry, but I have like this pain. It's always there, real pain in my chest, in my arms and legs, everywhere like a storm, like a fucking lump of poison in my chest that grows and grows. I can't stop it. I can't breathe. When it's bad, all I want to do is get out of this fucking cell, just to be somewhere else. Get it out of me. But I can't. And it won't go away. You can't even speak to the person you love. They can just hang up the phone or they don't answer. I want to shout at someone or kick something or punch the walls again and again just to make it fucking go away, just to make it fucking stop. Hmm. Now I'm going to think older than that. The staff watch me very closely all the time, but nothing helps. And when I hurt myself, it feels better, you know. When I... When I hurt myself, hit the walls or cut myself, I stop thinking. It's like a relief. The pain stops. For a while at least. They say I have to break the cycle. It is a cycle. It is a cycle. I'm trying to break it. A cycle. 34, 35, 36 of reoffending. But nothing about this lockdown is helping me get ready for release. I'm in a catch 22. I don't have a place to live, no job. I've got health problems, obviously, record. I asked probation for support, I've asked for mental health support. I've asked for alcohol support, but there isn't any. So, if I get out on license again, 
the risk is I slip up and get recalled again. So I'm staying busy, keeping active, keeping my mind active. 48, 49, 50. I'm done with this waste TV. Right, two more sets of these before lunch, 150 push-ups, random sets for the rest of the day. Leg lifts, crunches. I'm getting myself strong again, using my time. But it's like in prison, you're learning to do everything again. It's like learning to walk again or something. When I was out, you see, they just dumped me in a hostel. It was worse than prison. Damp, noise all hours. I couldn't sleep and my back started playing up so I couldn't work. I ended up drinking again, sacked off staying at the hostel, stayed with a mate and got recalled. So now I'm back, trying to get myself sorted, but COVID's put a hold on all of that. We're meant to be in here to get rehabilitated. I'm meant to be getting better so I can move forwards, clear the fog, break the cycle. But no one in here is gonna help me do it. So I do what I can myself to make myself stronger. Second set. Five, one, six, seven, two, and eight. Three. Thanks. Two, four, six, eight. I like to double check, you know. I'm what they call a trusted prisoner. I'm out of myself more than some of the other guys. I don't want to give them any reason to change that. And to be honest, I need the work. Everyone needs a purpose, you know. I never thought I'd end up in a place like this. I took things for granted before. One thing that has come out of all of this is time to think. Before, everything was moving at such a fast pace. I made some choices. I made a mistake. That's why I'm here. I accept that, but I'm older than a lot of the other guys here. I've had an education, life experience, money, a nice house, and I still found myself here. That's an uncomfortable truth, I think. A short series of events and anyone could land in prison. And I mean, most people don't have a clue what it's like. I certainly didn't, or perhaps they don't want to think about it. It's easier to say they're criminals, they deserve it. I used to think that. And I see that attitude in some of the staff, in the ones that are too apathetic to care, just want to tick all the boxes, get through the day. But perhaps more worryingly, I see it in the insecure ones, the ones who are scared of losing their authority. So they bully and abuse, you know, physically restraining people for minor things, shouting in someone's face. And it's hard to understand it until you experience it yourself. I was shocked when I first felt it. That loss of agency, that total loss of choice. And it's not the same as losing your freedom, it's different. Because when you ask a reasonable question as a grown man and someone refuses to answer you, when officers won't look you in the eye, when someone speaks to you like scum, when you spend almost a year in solitary isolation, on a human level, that has a lasting effect. 
In lockdown, all of this has been heightened. People say that prison is too easy. I've heard it a thousand times, but let me tell you, this is not easy. I mean, the environment on the wing, the noise, the chaos. Can you imagine trying to sleep or read or study through that? There's no escape, no relief. No amount of phone credits or video visits or activity packs would be enough to make that acceptable. I've noticed almost a Pavlovian reaction to the sound of keys or footsteps. I'm on high alert all the time, jumping up, hoping to get outside for a few hours, or even just to speak to someone else, you know. That's not okay. It is not It was okay. okay. No, it was okay. Don't get me wrong, it was a challenge. At the start of it, it was like Groundhog Day. Restrictions were so tight, but the staff went along with it. And to be honest, it's not exactly a nice place to work at times, you know. We know it's hard for the prisoners, but it was hard for the staff as well. Coming in during the height of COVID, they went above and beyond, they really did. All the staff and prisoners were dealing with anxiety, you know, worrying about their families and not seeing people. That's been hard. I have felt quite upset about that because it's not what I want for any of the men in here. We're always short-staffed, that's a given. One minute you've got funding for a role, the next minute it's cut, so it's hard to keep results up. And I do have the odd member of staff who tends to sit back a bit, you know, do the bare minimum. But I encourage the officers here to be proactive and to engage with the prisoners. And on the flip side, I have had some really great members of staff here. There is an underlying anxiety and stress. I see it simmering under the surface of every man in here. Some of the guys give up. You can see it. They sink into depression or drugs or whatever, and they don't have a voice. But I can see a shift in the staff too, a change in their thinking. Like now, they want us locked in. You can see it, it's more convenient. It's easier, less hassle. One of the officers was saying just yesterday how nice it is to be able to get the place clean with everyone in their cells, how it feels more like a community now. And I'm thinking, oh my God, you're really saying this to me? You're really telling me this? She means well, but last weekend I spent three hours out of myself. I spoke to one other person and she's telling me this is a good thing. What kind of community works like that? We've had activity packs, socially distanced bingo. We've been able to fast track our in-cell phones. We've had the pig team and the listeners working, providing peer-to-peer -peer support. It's all part of it. It's all part of it. Part of this story they're starting to tell. If you look at the figures, it tells an interesting story. We've had less fighting, less violence. They say violence has gone down, but at what cost? What about suicide attempts, self-harming? Is that not violence? And at the end of the day, prisoners, we don't have a voice. You know, at the end of the day, we want to learn from this if we can, because our aim with all prisoners is to rehabilitate them. It's not rehabilitation. It's isolation, it's incarceration and it's misery. But it's not rehabilitation. We want to get them back out into the community. community. I feel a responsibility towards my community. That's our job as prison staff. The staff here are lazy. It'll never change. I'm trying to change. 
breaking the cycle. I'm trapped in the cycle. I need to release. I think rehabilitation and release is still possible. Under these new conditions. If these working conditions don't get better, there must be a better way. It has been challenging. I'll leave the service. I talk to the staff a lot, but... I've been trying to keep them busy. Keeping busy. I try to concentrate on my activities. The activities give prisoners a bit of a boost. Routine, discipline, my faith makes me stronger. I'm getting myself stronger. I think we're stronger now as a community. Is this what they call a community? When we work together. We can't let this become normal. It's the new normal, isn't it? I feel stuck. I'm fed up. I want to try and... I'm nervous about what might... I've realised that I need to speak up. For I hope that things continue to... We'll continue to learn as we... Things will never... I'm speaking up for... I've been working on a poem. It's called Change. Walking the Wing by Sophia Hatfield was based on interviews with prisoners, prison staff and former prisoners conducted in early 2021. It was performed by Mark Conway, David McGuire, Jack Denny, Lucy, Zahid, Ben O'Coley, Femi Laie, Chance Blue Montgomery and Tammy Fletcher. Music was by John and Lawrence Madison-Payne, with production by Tom Wright-Goss. Casting was by Paula Harrier. Walking the Wing is part of Sounding Out, a partnership project between Rideout, Creative Arts for Rehabilitation, the University of Reading, the Prison Reform Trust and HMP Huell. Sounding Out was made possible with support from the Research England's QR Strategic Priorities Fund. Special thanks go to Dan Reynolds, S.O. Marcus Gilks and Governor Ralph Lovkowski for their assistance and support of this project. Walking the Wing is a Ride Out production produced by Saul Hewish in association with Sarah Bartley.